Hello and welcome to the Vancouver Tech Podcast. My name is James. And I'm Drew O'Grizzik. Hey, going Drew. On, James? Yeah, I noticed uh, the interview or the intro changed up a little bit last time. You mentioned the, the episode number and stuff like that. Um, I think I maybe we, do you think we should do that? Mention the episode numbers at the top? I don't think it really matters, but hmm. uh, why not? Yeah, episode 37, I believe. I don't know right if you now. could tell, but I was solo last time because you weren't here. Yeah, I was at Comic-Con. Oh, you were at Comic-Con. Yeah. I was wondering where you went. How was that? Uh, pretty awesome. I, I don't think it was as crazy as last year. I went last year as well. Um, yeah. And this year they had everything really spread out. So I think the difference was that the, the crowds didn't like mingle as much because last year, um, if you've ever been to San Diego, it's in this gas lamp quarter where the giant convention center is. And the entire street was blocked off for a couple intersections. This year it was only one. So I could tell like there was a huge difference. You could tell the street was less packed. There was a lot more. You had to do a lot more walking. So walking you mean Comic Con's getting smaller, or I think the they area were spreading out. They're spreading out the uh, the venues and stuff like that. So a lot of the hotels had stuff inside of their lobbies and inside of their meeting rooms and stuff like that. So you could go around and walk around from like end to end of the conference. Versus last year, it seemed like a lot more condensed. Sounds pretty awesome. So what was the coolest thing you did or saw there? Um, meeting Adam Savage was pretty cool for Mythbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Tested fan watching the, the show they have on, on a YouTube and they have a website too, Tested.com. And so I'm always watching that, checking out the stuff they do. They talk about tech and they interview different people and they show different different cool things. And it's just a way to unwind after work, you know, watch some YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's on there and he's always building crazy stuff. And I was I didn't really have Mythbusters at a kid as a kid, but I go back and watch it sometimes when it's on TV. And I'm like, oh man, this show was awesome. <laughs> and so uh yeah, I went to a signing, um, just was waiting in line to to see him and he was there and he was like the nicest guy ever. He talked to every person for like twenty seconds. He's like, Hey, how's it going? Is your first time here? Blah blah blah. He's like, Really nice. It was really awesome. That's really cool. The uh last Mythbusters that I saw, I didn't I think it was not too long ago and it might have been on YouTube or somewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, it was manure powered rockets. Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess that's methane. Technically. Yeah, I guess so. yeah. Uh, that was pretty interesting. I oh, think it was. Cool. I think it was manure versus um, candy or something oh, like really? that as well. Yeah, yeah. I guess you can make anything out of. Yeah. You can make fuel out of anything. I guess like mm-hmm. sugars and. It's not. It's just not necessarily that efficient. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. All right, cool. So you're back in town, yeah. and hopefully you'll be here. Uh, for the rest of the shows, because yeah. I don't know, I don't know what you thought about it, or if you've been listening to last week's. I but did. I definitely appreciate having a co-host. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess uh, makes it a lot easier to have conversation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think you did a really awesome job. You were Thanks. you just powered right through it, not in a bad way. You powered right through it, as in like you got it. You didn't have any missteps. I didn't notice. It didn't feel like there should have been another person there. You did a good job yeah. with the notes for editing, so I probably edited out any of the ums and oh, ahs or some okay. of them, a lot of them, the okay. ones that were easy enough to get. Yeah. Yeah. I got to keep those notes up to date too, just in case someone else or one of us is away or whatever. Yeah. So any other, any other news? Did you get up to any tech stuff? Did you do anything interesting? Oh, well, my parents were visiting too last week. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was kind of weird, like having my parents visit and then leaving for Comic-Con. So I didn't get up to a whole lot, just taking my parents out to eat at different places and uh, going to different places around town. So that was kind of cool. But uh, I think the only real tech thing I did was I did a red, I, I'm a TA at Red, so I did a red course on Monday, which is one of the reasons I missed Hacker Nest. So yeah, I was kind of upset about that, but. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So this morning as I rolled out of bed, yeah. as I normally do, I checked my phone. And one of the things I saw was there's this airline, uh, and I guess they're, they do kind of cheap resales from other airlines. So mm-hmm. they're not licensed as an airline or anything like that, apparently. Right. Uh, I didn't read the whole story, so don't take my word for it. But I found that they're actually suing somebody for expressing their opinions on Twitter and Facebook. And I thought this looked really interesting, and it definitely yeah. looks uh, worthy of looking into. So it's this uh, Gaber Lucas. He, the, so it says here, right, there's a pinned tweet on his Twitter, mm-hmm. which is Passenger Rights. Uh, which is at Air Passenger Rights CA okay. Twitter handle it says Meet Gaber Lucas, the child math prodigy turned professional airline troublemaker. Huh. Something to check out. Oh, that's interesting. Should companies turn around and sue people for expressing their opinions about that company on Twitter and other social media to their followers? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think, and I think anyway, definitely yeah. worth okay, cool. looking into. Uh, yeah, we'll I'll have link more to, to it. report on that next week. Yeah, cool. So I guess it's probably time to jump into meetups around town. It's a little nicer doing it with someone else, right? It definitely <laughs> is, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought about maybe t- trying to record that twice and mix it in, but oh, that'd be cool. I just didn't have the skills. Sure. <laughs> well, maybe next time. Yeah. So last week, I guess you were in Comic-Con. 
so that's what you got up to and didn't get it get to any meetups did you go to any meetups while you're in san diego any no actually i was talking to my girlfriend about possibly going to one just because it's comic-con and it's what crazy awesome and uh we kind of it was kind of the last day i was like man i wonder if there's any meetups for like people visiting from canada or people Ooh. visiting from you know bc or something like that because i did see uh people on our flight that I saw at the convention, right? which is pretty interesting. Not really San Diego, but I think the LA Hackerness is just starting to kick off as well. Ooh, cool. So I'm not sure if it happened this month or not. Yeah. But. I don't know. Maybe we should drive next time just to hit all the places on the way down. Which That'd would be, be cool. really awesome. Yeah. yeah. yeah so but, uh, you didn't no, get anything? No and, meetups. How about yourself? I really wanted to go to a lot of stuff, but again, we're getting busier and busier every day with uh, startup life. And obviously, I went to the one meetup that's the most important to me every sure. month. <laughs> Sorry, other meetups. Pokemon Go meetup. That's oh, right. Oh, no, it oh, wasn't not? that one. Okay. No, yeah. it was actually Hacker Nest. Yeah, cool. So Hacker Nest was pretty awesome. It was middle of summer, so we didn't get you know 300 people show up, but we mm -hmm. had a pretty good group. I think about 150. Wow. Um, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Was it Rise? I didn't really right? count. It was over at Rise. Yeah. yeah. Awesome space. Awesome place. Awesome people. Uh, they also had Wi-Fi for us, had it written on the board, guest password and network. And nice. it was really good. We had Black Kettle Brewing coming out again, mm. and they did a really good job. Uh, I think it was Joey from Black Kettle Brewing, also born in Lionsgate Hospital, third floor, represent yo. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. came out and served the brews. They had a uh, really nice seasonal small batch brew uh, of the wheat ale, which mm -hmm. was really good. But it still had that signature sort of Black Kettle taste. Ooh, nice. Great time. Great time. And yeah. that was the only meetup I went to. I really yeah. wanted to hit up. There was uh, the cloud meetup, Cloud Foundry, Docker, and something right. else. They were co-hosting this meetup over at Hootsuite. I think that was on Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to go there, but I got caught up in something and just didn't have the time. Yeah. I went to uh, – well, this is kind of maybe a little bit unrelated, but I went mm -hmm. to the uh, the last uh, Tragically Hip concert on oh, Tuesday. Nice. Uh, yeah, and it was unreal. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of missed the, anything that was on Tuesday. Where was that? It was at the uh, Rogers Arena. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. even know that was happening. That would be awesome. That was the last? The what last one in BC ever. Wow. So this is their final tour because uh, Gord Downey's sick. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, they're doing their, their last tour ever. And uh, they had two nights in Vancouver, Saturday and or Sunday and Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And so last minute on uh, Monday morning, I got tickets. That's that a pretty cool. interesting thing. I was never a really big hip fan, mm -hmm. but uh, I do feel that they were a very iconic Canadian uh, sort of representative. Yeah, it was great. It was probably the loudest concert, concert I've ever been to. It was insane. The loudest concert. The loudest concert I've ever been to. Like the crowd was insane. Yeah. It was absolutely yeah, insane. It was absolutely packed. Not an empty seat. It was crazy. Amazing. Yeah. So All tragically right. hit meetup. Yeah. <laughs> tragically hit meetup. Yeah. So we've got, uh, we are in summer and we've got a pretty, uh, an indicative week of that, yes. I guess. Slim, uh, slim pickings this week. That's right. Well, Monday, it's uh, a holiday. This is the long weekend. And what is the holiday on Monday? BC Day? Uh, Will this be your first ever BC Day? Are you going to celebrate all that it means to be in British Columbia? Well, it's actually my second BC Day oh, in it? BC. Uh, oh, because yeah. you came last year in <laughs> Yeah, June, I came right? last year. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I made it. So, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy my long weekend. I'm actually going to do some work because nice. I missed the last weekend. So, do you have a BC driver's license? I don't, actually. I was. I keep Isn't thinking about I think I'm keep thinking of switching it. Um, well, you're not driving, are you? No, yeah, no. So I use it for ID. That's right. really all I use it for. I thought it was three. Uh, they used to be six months or a year or something like that. And now I think it's th you have three months to change it over. But I think that only applies if you're actively driving. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, but you so, might want to go. Um, the driver. What is it called? Uh, ICBC. I'm not sure what is it's called right? yeah, here. I, the ICBC. Uh, driver centers mm -hmm. they used to be notoriously horrible for like bad lineups yeah. whatever uh and now i think they're actually pretty good well, so you can i renew would go your... over the one at on barard go in talk to them get a ticket boom i think you can renew online i think like a change of address wow. like i'm i'm doing a change of address technically yeah. i guess so How... i would just change it online i did a change of address they gave me a snazzy sticker to put over top mm. of my license i'm not sure how you'd get that online oh true they okay cool out to you but yeah. Right, so Monday we have this, and I'm not sure that this is going to happen. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. So there's mm -hmm. almost no point of mentioning it. But the Get Help and Zero Tech Meetup over sure. at Decentral, pretty sure it's not happening. Adam, if it is happening, let us know, and we'll retract this comment in the next five seconds. Cool. All right. Well, we'll jump right to Tuesday then. All right. Tuesday is the second. So this is the first day back from the long weekend. And whoa, we've got the PHP Vancouver meetup. Whoa, sounds really, really cool. I wonder who organizes cool. it because it sounds great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's me and Arthur who organized this meetup. Arthur actually is away. He's in uh, Chicago, I believe, uh, or maybe Calgary, something with a C. Yep. Anyways, a typical PHP meetup uh, format. We have some, a little bit of intro at the beginning talking about what the PHP meetup is, and then we follow right into speakers and lightning talks. 
Oh, that's actually, it reminds me, there was something I did want to talk about uh, regarding, you know, stuff that happened this week. And mm. one of the things was, you know, in the uh, YVR Dev and uh, Vancouver Tech and Vantech uh, channels, we have some um, some joint channels, mm. particularly jobs and contracts or contracts and jobs or contracts and gerbs, yeah. uh, depending on which group you're in. Yeah. But the the channels are linked together. And one of the questions, or not questions, a lot of discussion has been happening in this channel, and it wasn't directly posting a job or a contract, but mm-hmm. it was related to jobs and contracts. And a lot of the talk was about salaries and things like that. And it seems like from a, a, a large group of people or a, a group of some vocal people mm-hmm. that salaries in IT in Vancouver are pretty abysmal. Whereas on the other hand, it seems like a lot of people are saying, you know, actually, hold up, I've got a pretty good salary. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're making over here. We have a good culture and a good company. And there seems to be this sort of a difference. And I was wondering, what about it with PHP? PHP was, you know, 10 years ago, uh, kind of the dominant sort of, do you know Drupal? Do you know WordPress? Mm-hmm. Um, so CMS, or are you good with PHP? We want to build out something. Let's use PHP, yeah. PHP, PHP, PHP. Uh, now it's not maybe as dominant, but it's still uh, a pretty interesting language. There's a lot happening with it. Are salaries different with different um, technologies, different languages? Mm-hmm. Is PHP a current buzzword? I think it goes both ways. So I think there's two things with PHP. One, mm-hmm. it's ubiquity causes the skill to be abundant Mm -hmm. so you have like a lot of people can dive into php pretty quickly because if you're on the if you've been a web developer you've probably touched php at some point just because it's so ubiquitous i mean people sort of say like php php doesn't get used a lot in applications and Mm -hmm. that that even that is like a little bit incendiary because there are a bunch of apps that use PHP. I guess uh, there was a time where if you're a web developer and it, and I think it started out, if you were a web developer, you were an HTML person. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then it was like, oh, now there's this thing called CSS. So mm-hmm. now you're getting into that. And then there was like, oh, you have to handle forms. Do you, do you know how to handle forms? Right. Well, and I think you're you're using PHP. Yeah. There was a time where that was the, the big thing. Yeah, exactly. And so that was kind of that step into it. And now we've got, you know, so many other things have happened mm-hmm. that that's not necessarily the logical way, but it might be. Yeah. Also, you have like a lot more use cases. Like it, when PHP was invented, it was really just for like showing different things, maybe running, rendering a little bit of data, maybe talking to a database. But now you have things like, well, I need to geolocate and I have like mm-hmm. a JSON API and there's just so many more different things that we do in the future now yeah. based on when it was really created. Although it does catch up, like it has cool things like uh, HTTP push and stuff like that in mm-hmm. the built-in server, which is cool. So anyway, so, I guess to, to go back to my point, I yeah. think a lot of things have changed in the Vancouver development scene, mm-hmm. especially in the past two to three years. Even. Yeah. And so for a lot of people who maybe haven't changed jobs that often in the past two to three years, mm-hmm. they might not realize that an av- the average salary I think, anyway, I, mm-hmm. I think I can say this with some uh, fair amount of confidence, has gone up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would I would say that. Yeah, that? I definitely agree. I think that some people don't realize the best way to make more money is to change jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can ask for a raise, but it doesn't always work. But the best way to make more money is to change jobs. You change jobs every five-ish years is the best way to increase your salary mm-hmm. in the long run. Something I learned from this Twitter presentation about And I don't know if that money. was even tech-related. You know, um, with with software, finances. it might even be more so. Yeah, probably. Quicker. I mean, you got to keep your skills up, but changing mm-hmm. jobs often can it can be good or bad, not too often, but often enough to get that raise. Right. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So we've got that PHP meetup that yeah. is at 6 p.m. <laughs> to 9 p.m. Sure. Is this a laptop meetup? Yes. It is? So bring a laptop? Yeah, just to check out. Uh, there might be some samples for some of the presentations. You okay. might want to check them out, especially with the generators. Yep. You've but it is mostly presentation-based, yeah. and there's going to be pizza and yeah. sodas. So you might get some uh, grease on your computer. Beer, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You might get some grease on yeah, your computer. Yeah, for sure. You don't have to bring a laptop, do you? Like, no. You could still enjoy the conversations. Yeah. But if you want to check out some of the topics and dive into yeah. it, then bring your laptop. Optional laptop. Okay, cool, cool. cool. And then uh, actually we should have said this first because it's way earlier. Tuesday oh, yeah. morning at 8 a.m., open coffee. This is mm-hmm. over at Nelson the Seagull, 315 Carroll Street. Would you bring a laptop to that? Uh, I don't think so. Not no, You wouldn't just... bring your laptop because of open coffee. If you have it, cool. So you can just go there, drink some coffee or another beverage and talk to people at mm-hmm. 8 in the morning until... 9 30 in the morning yeah about what you're working on yeah absolutely it's cool. sort of like startup drinks but in the morning with coffee that's cool. really how they say so it. the reason i don't like that as a description and i know we give it every single week mm-hmm. is because if you don't know what open coffee is you might not know what open drinks are or startup drinks are that's true 
Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't like it doesn't necessarily help if we give a reference that you don't yeah. know. We should tell them to update their description because that's literally yeah. what it says. But what is what is startup <laughs> drinks do? Yeah. yeah. Kind of same kind of thing as open socializing. Coffee. We I should think... or we should get startup drinks to update their description to be yeah, just like coffee. open coffee, but in the evening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> open coffee at night. Yeah. With drinks. All right. Uh, sure. So there's also at six p.m. On Tuesday. So this is going to overlap with the PHP meetup. And I mm-hmm. think this is something, if you do go to the PHP meetup, you can still probably get uh, to the to this. This is the Polyglot Social. Mm-hmm. And it's over at the St. Regis, 608 Dunsmere Street from 6 p.m. I wouldn't necessarily bring a laptop. I wouldn't not bring a laptop. But it's going to be more uh, beers and talking with other people, peers in the Polyglot uh, obviously, Polyglot developer yeah. network, not necessarily with natural languages. Sure. It also says that, that Soto peters out around 10. So that's pretty late. So you might be able to go to something before and, and hit up this after. Yeah, I've gone there kind of late and uh, actually met one of our past guests, I think, for the first time there, um, Chris Nicola. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, that, Bar. And, and that was pretty late. And it definitely looks like it goes to like 10 or 1030 or sometimes 11. Oh, wow. um, OK. Yeah. But I mean, there's there may only be a few people left over. Sure. All right, Vancouver Closure Hack Night. Yeah, so the Vancouver Closure has a hack night over at Code Core 142 West Hastings. If you're interested in Closure, if you're an expert in Closure, if you want to talk Closure or hack on something in Closure, bring your laptop and go over to Code Core at 6 p.m. 142 West Hastings. Cool. And that's Tuesday. Yeah, Wednesday, Vancouver Plural Site Study Group. Nice. So this is uh, over at PNI Digital Media Offices. It's on the first floor there. And I would definitely bring a laptop to that. And mm-hmm. also make sure you have a Pluralsight subscription. Otherwise, it might be kind of hard to uh, log in. Yeah, you're going to be one of those people that's looking over someone else's shoulder trying to cheat off them. Not too sure what they're studying this week. But uh, if you are interested in joining a study group and learning stuff off of the Pluralsight website, this would be your meetup. Yeah. 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. And it happens. I think it happens every Wednesday. I think so, yeah. Yeah. All right, learn data science. So this is pretty interesting. It is touted as an advanced data science reading group. Mm-hmm. And this happens, I think this is also every week. And have you been to any of these, James? I don't think so. I think you'd know if you had. Yeah. So no. Well, there's two been... There's two groups. And this one's the advanced group. And the other one is the like the, the competition competitions. group. Yeah. Right. This is the reading, the yeah. data science reading group. So you read the paper and then you go and you discuss it. Yeah. There's a link to the paper in the description. It's called Abandoning Objectives, Evolution Through the Search of for Novelty Alone. That does sound like an interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, so definitely worth reading. The papers are always available and they're linked to. Make sure you read the paper before going. Yeah. And um, you can go out there and have a talk. Doors open at 6, 6.30. The reading group starts 7.45. Off to a nearby restaurant for food, drinks, and a breakout discussions. Mm. So it sounds like a really nice social group talking about some very interesting things. If you're interested in data science and talking to other people who are uh, who share those interests, make sure to make it out to that. I wouldn't necessarily bring a laptop, uh, but I I personally probably would because that's where I would read my PDF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you could bring an iPad or something too if you're one of those people. But yeah, one of those people. I don't really see iPads in the wild that much, like at meetups and stuff. But I guess you yeah. could if you wanted to. Well, I think it depends on the the type of format. Um, I know for me, for e-readers, uh, even on my phone or whatever, I don't mind reading. EPUBs, I think right. they're actually quite good. But mm-hmm. PDFs, I don't think translate that well. I don't actually like PDF at all oh, really? as, a, as a format. Yeah, yeah, I, I use it for graphics because uh, it's vector. Yeah, I mean for for documents, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's there's hidden characters in there, so when you copy and paste, sometimes yeah. there's stuff in there that you don't see. Yeah, which just can be really frustrating. Yeah, I guess the idea of let's have uh, a file format that's going to be the same and it's going to look the same everywhere, no matter what, is a good idea mm-hmm. in, in a way. But on the other hand, on I guess on the other side of that argument, it's also really strict. Yeah. And that this is what it is and this is how I'm going to present it no matter what. Yeah, it can be a little bit uh, cumbersome. A lot of them, I think, like Google with their playbooks thing, mm-hmm. they'll take in EPUBs and PDFs and stuff and they'll convert them to like some Google style format yeah. and display them in their Googly way. And I think if the translation works, then it can work really well. Yeah. And if not, then it doesn't. Yeah, it kind of gets wonky, but yeah. cool. All right, All Thursday. Right. So, yeah, Thursday, we've got uh, the DDD CQRS ES Practitioners Meetup. This is over at Decentral, 436 West Pender, from 430 to 7. So this usually starts out with a little bit of a fireside chat, talking a bit about DDD, CQRS, and ES. If you're wondering more about that, check out the link below and read the um, read their description on the mm-hmm. site. But it's definitely worth going to. It's really good. Then there's usually breakout sessions, doing some event storming on particular topics. And then after that, even doing pair programming mm-hmm. and starting to... Uh, Starting to actually build out what you've 
stormed or what you've learned from your event storming and what those events are and how to put those into practice. So really great group, very good level of senior developers and architects talking about some great principles for development and definitely worth taking a couple hours off early to go out to, to learn stuff, to apply Mm -hmm. to your current job. Yeah, absolutely. And I would bring a laptop to that and I would go, whether I was a developer, a project manager, a product manager, a designer, or QA, any anyone yeah. actually in and related to the tech company, because that's what this is all about. Yeah, for sure. Now we have two uh, Reddit meetups in a row, or at the same time, on the same day, at the mm-hmm. same place. Uh, so that would be intro to UI design and also intro to app development. Yeah, I think I actually might try and hit up that intro to UI design for a couple of reasons. One, uh, actually three reasons that I can think of. One, I'm on that side of the water. So sure. I'm down at uh, Granville Island, so I can just walk up the street there and go to Red Academy. I haven't been to any of the things at Red Academy, and so I'd like to check it out. And also, I think UI and UI design, it's not something I touch upon very often in my day-to-day work as a back-end developer. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something I think I should ha- at least have some sort of... Um, dab in a little bit here and Working there. Knowledge. I mean, I've done, I've definitely done some UI stuff in, in the past in mm-hmm. my education and whatever, but it's not something that I regularly do. So these are both two hour courses and they're both not paid. So there's, it's, they're free to attend. So mm-hmm. it's a two hour course, not necessarily like a, a presentation. Uh, I would maybe definitely the bring development a laptop. one. You always say yeah. that you always say that, but I think UI uh, probably needs a laptop as well. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of reference material. You got to search it online. Sure. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that you would do. But yeah, I, I think but so. But I don't know. Like Why I taught re- my, like I did a red course this week or last week yeah. and uh, you could probably just watch and learn. Okay. It's, it's more about what you see and what, how you, how you move, but maybe you probably do need a laptop for the, for this actual course. So yeah, I think you're this right. This is a really interesting, that's a really interesting point. Yeah. I would, I would bring it personally just to take notes even. Sure. Yeah. Because I'm a much faster typist than I am uh, yeah. a, a scribe. Yeah, my writing is terrible too, so that's uh, that plays into that <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, then we okay. have the Drupal meetup. Yeah, uh, Vancouver Drupal Users Group. And this is over at the Network Hub, third floor of 422 Richard Streets. Would you bring a laptop to this? Yes. <laughs> okay, so you don't seem too sure. Have you been to any of the Drupal group? Uh, uh, no, the one, the one time group? I went to go to one, I got a last minute call from a client saying everything's broken. Mm-hmm. Come fix it. So I had to bail. But Likely story. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. this is interesting. The topic here is Drupal 8 accessibility and why we care about it. This sounds pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know a lot about Drupal other than it's, um, I guess it's a, a CMS or it's a web framework for building websites and things like that. I believe that the Louvre had their website built on top of Drupal at some point. Seems like, a, well, I mean, I think every giant company had a Drupal site at some point, it seems like. Mm-hmm. These are, they're actually talking about these different roles for HTML, like uh, YARIA and WCAG, mm-hmm. and even the other one, which is uh, ATAG. So if you're, I think you could probably get, there's probably a lot of general information in here. It's about how you mark up your HTML. So maybe if you're not even a 100% Drupal uh, you know, fanboy or fangirl, you could definitely check this out as far as like, uh, how do I mark up my HTML for accessibility? Okay, so that sounds pretty interesting and maybe worth going out to, even if you're not normally a Drupal developer. It sounds mm-hmm. like it should be a pretty good meetup. And the Network Hub third floor on 422 Richard Streets, always something to go and check out. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like that pretty much rounds out the meetups, except you wanted to make uh, an oddball mention for Saturday. What's going on? Yeah, I found this one. It's called the Vancouver Futurists Meetup. Okay, what's that all about? So if you don't know what a futurist is, it's basically people that just try to predict the future or they want to talk about the future, uh, where the world is heading, sort of stuff like that. They have a big description in their actual meetup group description, Mm -hmm. so you can check it out. But this meetup is just called Vancouver Futurist Summer Drinks and Chatter. That's at the studio at Creative Coworks, 343 Railway Street, Unit 10. So I just thought it was an interesting thing, you know, summer Friday afternoon meetup with drinks and chatting. All right. And it looks like at the time uh, that we're announcing this now, there are 17 going. So it looks like there should be a pretty good turnout there. And it looks like it might be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. And that's it for our meetups around town. All right, and we're here with our special guest, Stacy Mulcahy. Thanks Yay. for joining us, Stacy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so you for having me. You're a senior program manager for the Garage at Microsoft. Now, James and I met you. Uh, I guess it was a month or two ago now. Yeah. When uh, the same day that you got to hand over some pretty awesome skateboard art, art skateboards to the the king of Canada. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, some people's kings. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to. Um, 
I got to make skateboard uh, decks for uh, for a lot of people, but Justin Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, ooh, dreamy. <laughs> and then um, and then also the premier and uh, and also the mayor. So nice. I got to do all of the VIPs. So that That's was a cool. yeah. It's kind of it's kind of neat to be able to say, hey, I made something that is might sit in the prime minister's garage, sure, or might be skated by the prime minister, <laughs> or one of his children at some point. He's always nice. doing weird stunts, so I wouldn't. I guess he would uh, maybe skateboard. Uh, you know what? They they asked for it to be shipped. They took yeah. it. That's all I care about. So well, I also <laughs> got a really awesome uh, e drink and Bill Murray. Um, yeah. Coaster was yeah. that some of your art as well? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I tend to do a lot of um, stuff that I find is inter interesting or entertaining, and and then give it away if I can. Yeah, that yeah. was really cool. It definitely makes my day great every day because I have it uh, on my desk at work. It's Bill Murray. Every, yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> so thanks so much for that. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your your current role at Microsoft and what's going on over there and what the garage is all about? Yeah, sure. So um, program manager is kind of like a pretty vague term. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually a developer, you know, for years and years and years. And uh, the garage is a resource that's provided to um, internal employees at Microsoft. And it's kind of that space that fills that void that a lot of people have working for a big company like that in terms of use so much so much technology, so many things to look at, so many like interesting things going on that you can't explore in your day to day and that's where the garage kind of fits in. And so it's it's a bigger initiative than that, but my specific area is to kind of run a maker garage, which is over on Granville, so seven two five Granville. Um and up on the seventh floor there we have a maker garage and we have Tons of equipment. We call it the advanced maker space. So we have some serious CNC mills. So you got to be careful. Uh-huh. You know, some laser cutters, which is my favorite. Um, nice. 3D printers, those kind of things. And then, have uh, you done any uh, elastic eye surgery with those laser cutters? Uh, no, not yet. But you know, just just you know, just I'll pencil it in in the future. Yeah. <laughs> you can be the first person to come down. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> you just volunteered yourself. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so and it's, I, I kind of run some of the programming around it and figure out like what are some of the interesting technologies. How can I teach them? How can I get people? kind of like in there making stuff so. yeah it seems pretty awesome it was definitely for uh i guess james and myself when we were over there that day it was one of the spaces that we were like yeah can we go in there can we check that out because that looks awesome uh, and it definitely does so now you come from a, a pretty extensive background in programming and yeah. you also come from a pretty big city yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Is it a, are you originally from New York? No. So oh. I'm, I'm Canadian through and through. Are you really? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So I'll apologize nice. for that now because that's what we <laughs> do as Canadians. We apologize for everything. Yeah. Um, but I spent uh, probably about six years in New York. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm a developer. Uh, you could call me a full stack engineer if you want. But mm-hmm. I've probably played with every kind of language because um, I work for digital agencies. And you mm-hmm. tend to be pretty agnostic when it comes to technology. And you sure. just figure out what the solution is. So um, I did that for a long, a long time before I joined Microsoft. Nice. Yeah. And then now I'm here. So I'm back in, back in Canada. Mm. And they welcome you back when you come through customs. They're all like, hey, welcome back. And I was like, I love you. (laughs) Is this wrong? You know? So yeah. So now I'm back, uh, back drinking the maple syrup. That's really cool. So what was the, could you tell us a little bit about what the transition was like into New York as a developer? What the development scenes like there and then coming back as well? Yeah, I mean, so when I when I moved to New York, I, I took a job with a digital agency, and um, so I was working at a place called Big Spaceship, and that's kind of what like took me there, I guess. You I've know, heard of Big Spaceship yeah. because they're big in the <laughs> most like literal sense. It's kind of one of those. If you're in an agency and you haven't heard of Big Spaceship, I'd say, what are you doing? Yeah. That's it's, awesome. It's, it was, I mean, for me, it was always, I always wanted to work there and I got the opportunity and I kind of grew my way uh, a little bit through the company. And um, when I moved there, it was, it was a complete culture shock. Um, you know, coming from Canada to New York, you got to be very prepared. People are very friendly in New York. Developers, mm-hmm. very friendly. Everyone, you know, I find developers in general, the communities are really great, really want to help you, really open. Um, but people are very focused. And so, you know, if you're like, oh, I, I need some help here, you know, let's say you're a startup. I need some help mm. here. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. Um, no one wants to hear this or that. They want to know specifics and then they can help you. Otherwise, just be on your way and come back when you got some time, you know. So mm-hmm. it's very much like ain't got no time for that in New York. And you kind of yeah. learn to like appreciate that and kind mm-hmm. of develop that yourself a little bit. That um, sounds awesome. It's, actually, I think it's great. I mean, come I, talk to me when you have something to actually say. Give me some bullet points or 
go yeah. make a list and come back when you yeah. got it. And, you know, no one's trying to hoard opportunities mm. in New York. And I think, again, for most developer communities that you kind of gravitate towards, you'll find that people are very uh, free in giving opportunities. They, they want to help you. They want to see uh, you succeed, especially in New York. They want to see everyone succeed because it means that New York succeeds. And, and they've got a really strong kind of developer scene there and startup scene. And uh, the one thing I really loved about it is it's incredibly diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've gone to San Francisco and, you know, like I should wear a hoodie. I should be white. I should be this. I should be that. I should be male. And then when you come to New York, it's mm-hmm. just like it's not Wonder Bread at all. It's like everything and everyone, every skill level. And it's very opening. So for me, you know, I always tell people if you get the chance to go, whether it's you want to take a job there, whether you want to live there for a couple of years or, you know, like you'll level up really fast because mm-hmm. it's very, very fast paced. and You got to be prepared for that. But it's a really great opportunity. It it really formed a lot of, I think, who I am a little bit now mm-hmm. um, before I left because I, I probably was a little bit more apologetic before I left. And now I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> no. got no time for that. Yeah, ain't got no time for that. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I was always jealous of was the uh, startup weekend in New York. Yeah. Because it was, it's just huge. And there's tons of like amazing sponsors. And uh, the first one I went to was in London, Ontario, which was not not as not nearly as big as New York. It's mm-hmm. about a sixth of the size or something like that in terms mm-hmm. of population. And then the development community is probably even a fraction of that, of course. And uh, I noticed that there was like all these big New York companies or people that had offices in New York mm-hmm. were sponsoring this thing. And it was huge. There was m- multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars for up for prizes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, one thing that we always want here is like more of these big events and like big awesome things. Uh, do you think that that's coming? Do you feel like there could be a way to do that here in the city? Yeah, I mean, I think that you're starting to find, and even if you look across the states, because that's what I'm most familiar with in the last six years, is that those pockets of where the startup culture is and the community that's really driving it, you, you hear a lot about San Francisco, obviously, and you hear a lot about New York. They're mm-hmm. often seen as the two. Mm-hmm. But then you have places that are like growing at like Kansas City and Austin and in all these other little pockets that are coming up. And I think that it takes a couple things. Um, I think one that is it takes a really strong community to put together those kind of events and drive that. And as you know, that probably takes a lot of work, right? And so people are busy starting up their startup. And so that requires a lot of love and effort. And I think it also takes a lot of big corporations to be, you know, passionate and interested in it and wanting to support you. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of big organizations, whether it's uh, Microsoft or Google or, you know, IBM or whatever, a lot of those big ones, if you look, they do really have programming that's specific for startups. They have funding that's for startups. They have programs that are for startups. And so it exists. I think I think that in somewhere like here, if you were like, oh, I would love to have that here, I think it's like you got to plan ahead and ignite it and then get some of those core people on. Because as soon as you, you get someone like a, a Microsoft or a Hootsuite or a Slack or whoever that's involved in kind of driving it, whether it's startup or whether it's developer days or whatever you want to do, as soon as you get those kind of big names and other all other names just fall into place. Yeah. Right? It's just typical kind of sponsorship stuff, right? And so, yeah, totally. Why not? You think it's Let's just do a, it. maybe, a, maybe a problem of like just asking? Like maybe we're not asking these big companies to... I think sponsor events. Uh, I think I think well, as you got to ask, right? You're never going to get what you don't ask for. Right. Period in life, right? So I think one is asking. I think it's also knowing when to ask, and I think it's who to ask, and that's the mm. problem with all these big places is that um, you can be like, hey, you work at Microsoft, Do you know this person? I'll be like, uh, yeah, I'm sure I do. Let let me look it up in the gal of however many employees, and so that becomes in some ways problematic because you got to start to figure out who's the right person to talk to because we're all interested. I mean, I know for my, we're all, we all want to see pe- people succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, that means it's our own success as well, right? Mm-hmm. As just sharing and, and, and supporting someone. But it's finding the right person who has the funds, right? And that's right. where you got to, it's a little bit about timing. It's a little bit about knowing when budgets are put in place and those kind of things, to be frank. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also about like making a case and, and being, you know, persuasive, persuasive in that case. So. Mm-hmm. That seems pretty interesting. So I wanted to actually talk a little bit about you and your moves uh, over the past few years and into transition into Microsoft and what that was like. So you've actually had, uh, it looks like following your career, you've been pretty prolific uh, on the web. You're, yeah. you, know, you tweet, you blog, um, you're kind of out there, you're quite creative, yet you also dive really deep into development, lead developer, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, with some pretty cool companies, I think. Uh, what what brought the transition into Microsoft? How did you feel about getting into 
the role and you started out as a senior technical evangelist uh yeah actually i was a technical yeah technical evangelist in new york mm -hmm. and um i was i was working at big spaceship at the time um and i was about two years in and um, you know, we were doing more and more social work at the company and, and I, I really wanted some meteor dev challenges. Um, and it was just, you know, you, that feeling you get, um, where you're like, I think it's time. Like, I just, I just need something different. And it's never a criticism. It's never a whatever. It's just a, you know, I need to, and for me, I do that a lot. I, I get, I get what I call the two year itch and I'm like, Oh, what's next? What's next? <laughs> yeah. And I can't help it. it. I know. And I can feel it coming. Like I can, I, I know. Cause by, by the first year, you kind of know what you're doing. You're in the groove, you got your relationships and then the rest kind of move on. Um, so, uh, I had a friend who worked at Microsoft as an evangelist and, uh, I'd known him in, from the flash industry for years. And he's like, you should join the team. And I was like, no. And I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe, you know, you know, cause I, I grew up with flash and I always wanted to be like an Adobe flash evangelist. I thought it would be the best job in the world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, like teaching people how to use such an amazing technology to me was like, oh, awesome. And so when they, when I joined Microsoft, um, it was probably the scariest decision I've ever made because I've never worked for a big company. Mm -hmm. And here I am a little, a little cog out of like however many, I don't even know what we are now. Um, I was really afraid cause I wasn't a personality that was suited to corporate. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and I think we all know what that kind of means. Uh, you know, I, I'm not the, I'm not wearing the beige pants and the polo shirt. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to say what I think too, and that's a also kind of a liability in evangelism position is that you know i I will be very honest and frank and mm -hmm. authentic, and so I was very worried that I'd be a talking head and so big risk I took it um and I did it mostly because I wanted to explore different technologies and i I thought if I can convince people or make them think that Microsoft is relevant or interesting or creative or whatever. Like that to me was the biggest challenge at that time. Mm -hmm. This is about, you know, three years ago when right. Windows 8 was out and the App Store and everything else. And, you know, everyone was still doing the blue screen thing and, you know, yeah. what in Microsoft? <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's like a huge, huge, huge challenge. Right. Yeah. So that's why I took it because I was like, and I knew, I like... <laughs> And I say this, and I'm probably going to get in trouble at some point for it, but, like, I knew nothing about the platform. Right. Like, I, I didn't know anything about the cloud offering. I didn't didn't know how to make an app and put it in the app store. Mm -hmm. Knew very little C Sharp. You know, like, I came from, at that time, I was, like, starting to do a lot more Node, and, you know, any kind of server side would have been definitely open source. And here I'm going to a company at the time was very closed. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, so joined Microsoft and uh, immediately lost myself. Mm -hmm. Immediately, like, was like, what am I doing for about six months? Uh, people didn't understand my value in some ways. And that's how I felt. That's how mm -hmm. I was perceived because mm -hmm. I came with a UX background, a design background. Working at agencies, you kind of get that, you know, appreciation for those right. things inherently. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, you know, and I, I'm working with a bunch of uh, a bunch of very smart, talented, but probably you know, 40 year old dudes who've been using Microsoft Microsoft Stack their whole entire life. So of course they're like, she doesn't even know .dot net. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know why they sound like that, but right. they sound like that in my head. Yeah. And of course, all these people that I work work with, I love dearly, and they're great, and they're really, really smart. And then all of a sudden, around six months in, I just like was like. I'm not changing who I am. This is who I am. And right. I'm just going to go with what I think is interesting and and figure out a way to bring it back to the company, add value. And so that's what I did for, you know, two and a half years. And, and all of a sudden, Microsoft is interesting and creative. And, and did putting it. it yeah, yeah. I changed the entire company. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true. Like you start, you started to see these changes, right? right. Like uh, Microsoft starting to open source a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Interesting projects coming out. Research is fascinating, you know, all these kind of different things. And so for me, it was, it was, it's always been a very exciting time to be part of those kind of changes. Well, for me, I've been, um, I mean, I don't, I'm not particularly tied to any sort of tech, but it's sure. more what's interesting and what's drawing me in, what's fascinating at the time and yeah. why. And something that I see about Microsoft that I've seen actually in recent years is some of the people that they're hiring, people like you that are interesting, that are engaged uh, and engaging in the community um, creative and also smart and technical. And I, I think that's really, really neat. We had um, Kenneth. Kenneth on as well. He's yeah. uh, from the uh, web tools team. Yep. And he's really interesting and also uh, in the web dev uh, or dev tools meetup. Yeah, um, yeah. 
and yeah, I, I think like just just seeing the type of people that you bring together uh, to help and shape products, and then that ends up filtering into the offerings as well, become very interesting. Um, yeah. So, what do you see for yourself over the next um, year or so, and what what sort of role do you have? I mean, are you exclusively tied to the garage and making things awesome and creative in a makerspace, or? Well, I mean, my role is kind of vague a little bit, yeah. and and that's what I love about it. And so, ultimately, I, I run I run the makerspace, and I get people making stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so, for me personally, that means I get to explore any tech that I want to explore, and and if I think it has value and can get people in. So, if I want to do open frameworks and I want to try to make something and you know get people doing that, if I want to look at you know, GCO for CNC, if I want to, you know, coding maker, whatever, those kind of things, that's definitely like my forefront. Mm-hmm. But the other great thing about my job is that, um, you know, it's it's about building community internally, but it's also about building community externally. And I'm really excited about that because we often don't share a lot of what we're doing and we, uh, we do some really interesting things. And so for me, I'm really excited. I can start to bring groups into the space. I can start to like reach out to everyone in Vancouver or even the West Coast, BC, Alberta. I'm from Alberta. So oh, okay. Yeah. Where, where in Alberta are you from? Edmonton. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I can start to reach out across Canada and, and start to like figure out like, what are we doing in the space? Um, whether it's electronics or whether it's IoT or what, any of those kind of things. And how can, I, how can I help the community? How can I bring value? How can we collaborate on things? Um, how can we open up? You know, and that's what I'm excited about because the maker stuff is awesome. It's really fun. I love, you know, like making coasters and like doing robotics. And I love teaching other people those kind of things. But I think that uh, when you get an external community working together with you and you're enabling them in certain ways that they maybe they couldn't have been enabled before, that's where you start to see like, I think, really meaningful impact happen. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, definitely. So how do you see uh, engagement with the community? What, who in the community should be engaged in this sort of thing? Well, I mean... How's that happening? Yeah, so, I mean, for for community, like, at least for what I'm looking at, I, I kind of have a couple things that I'm, I'm interested in in community. One is always going to be open source. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in in, in open source and, and how how that community works, right? Um, and so we're looking at things like, you know, are there communities I could get involved with here that um, perhaps, you know, provide a space for a, a two-day contribution summit, right? Mm-hmm. Where everyone can sit down, concentrate, we can figure out those kind of things. So that's like one thing I'm looking at, for example, in terms of community. Uh, I'm looking at like, I'm really passionate about kids um, and I don't want to say young girls, I want to say kids. Be very explicit there because <laughs> there's a lot of initiative for young girls, but I think it's very important important that boys and girls understand the value in women teaching them something. And so I'm looking at probably doing something that I ran in New York called Young Game Makers, which is going to be uh, teaching kids how to make games. Nice. Um, but also just reaching out and bringing kids in for activities, especially around electronics, because it's such a good way to get them up and running in code. And so looking for those kind of things where it's like, I've got a space, I've got some equipment, like you might be an organization looking for some programming, let's work together, mm-hmm. you know, and that makes complete sense because right. you're honoring what you want to do. I'm honoring what I want to do and it's good for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking for those kind of things. Um, and community in general, especially in, in the development community, I mean, we we have a space. We've been looking at hosting meetups, for example. Um, and again, like figuring out how that works, mm-hmm. what makes sense, um, and, and what kind of value it can provide. Um, it's not a sponsorship thing. I want to be very clear about that. It's definitely a like you're doing great work here. And if this is what you need to get enabled, then that's what I want to do. So those are the kind of things I'm looking at. And so, um, you know, we have had a, a meetup in the space. Um, you know, I've been talking to a couple of local organizations about getting them in. And that will probably, I'll probably ramp that up a lot more in the next couple of months. I got to kind of set up shop first. But, right. um, but you know, then I'll start to attend the meetups and do those kind of things as I normally would have done in New York anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm super interested in things like Python or, or Ruby or any of those kind of things. I just want to see what people are talking about. Nice. So yeah. what's it, so what is it like uh, transitioning back as a Canadian who spent time in New York, coming back into Canada and specifically Vancouver uh, and in your position as a developer? in the development community with a summer that's been really late to actually kickstart. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a couple of things that I think are super interesting to me. So number one, 
everyone I've met here, especially uh, in the development or creative industry, has been so nice. Yeah. Like, the first thing, like, people were saying to me is, like, if you need anything, like, here's my number. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, weird. So then I would accidentally <laughs> you know, text them, and I'd be yeah. like, I need something. They'd be like, how can I help you? And I'd be like, this is even weirder. <laughs> so, like, the fact that people are super friendly and they just are, like, reaching out to you, I think is um, very West Coast. I don't think I would have got that on the East Coast. Um, so, you know, Vancouver's a gorgeous city. Um, you guys have a lot that's going on that's really interesting, especially you with... Mean we. Vancouver. Well, you as well. You're yeah. part of it now. Well, yeah, we. So, oh, thanks. Oh, <laughs> see, that's a warm, fuzzy hug right there. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that's going on that I find that's uh, really interesting and, and and segments between open source to the intersection of code and art and, and things like that. So um, I think those things are, are interesting. There's not as much activity as I'm used to, mm-hmm. but I think that the activity that's here is really, like, from what I've seen and participated in so far is really, like, People are super invested, and, and that's even more worthwhile than, you mm-hmm. know, it's always going to be quality over quantity. Um, <laughs> transitioning back to Vancouver and back to Canada, I forgot about Amazon and the, the fact that I can't order anything I want and get it in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. I've been having to procure a lot of supplies for the makerspace, and some of it's quite unusual. Um, you know, vinyl cutters and, you know, uh, T-shirt presses and... Um, all sorts of, you know, random stuff. And that stuff is not easy to get in Canada. And not only working for a company that has policies around where you can buy things and how you buy things and, you know, things like that. That's been like, uh, that's been like, you know, slamming my head on the table for a good couple of days. Mm-hmm. And I forgot, you know, because I, I, I lived here. I, I remember like Amazon.ca is not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I get it. I still love you. But, yeah. you know, like, yeah. So it's been a couple of those things. But I think in general, it's like, I don't know. This is a very beautiful city. You got it. We, we we're all very fortunate because the the nature the nature and and the technology here the combination is pretty insane. You don't get that anywhere else. Not yeah. as much shoveling as there is in Alberta either. No, in no, and it's, I mean it's the prairies. I mean, come on, yeah. let's let's not. <laughs> so you finding yourself uh, pretty settled in now? No, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I move I moved this weekend, so I'm excited about that. But um, yeah, I'm starting to know where things are. I'm starting to know like uh, you know, who some people are in the communities. And for me, that's uh, I'm so work oriented that it's more mm-hmm. important to me to like make connections that are meaningful than it is to like get Shaw in my apartment. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'll be settled in the next little bit and I'll be, I'll be pretty excited for that. Nice. So what yeah. about uh, meetups and things like that? I know yeah. New York actually. Um, so I do, I'm the organizer for the Vancouver Hacker Nest yeah. and we're in, I think we're active in 31 cities. We're moving into another two over the next couple of months. So we're looking at 33 cities worldwide. We started in Toronto, which is still our biggest, yeah. uh, our biggest one. New York's number two. Yeah. But they started later than Vancouver, which kind of disappoints me. And I'm hoping we can actually take that number two spot from them. But yeah. we, d- we don't have the population. But so what? We're going to do it anyway. Yeah. But we're number three. Yeah. that's. Um, I mean, that's impressive if yeah. you're looking at Toronto and New York because just the, the concentration of the population. And also meetups really depend on where you have them mm-hmm. and what time you have them because it's all about b- making it convenient so that someone can just walk over and not, you know, travel. Right. Oh, we know right. all about that. Yeah. Well, we also yeah. do ours. Uh, one of the reasons we have Hacker Nest on Monday and at yeah. 8 p.m. Yeah. is to keep the to keep the quality there. So yeah. we want people who are in tech and interested in tech. We want the conversations to be uh, it, we want it to be easy to say, you know, go and talk to your fellow techie about something in tech rather than, yeah. you know, oh, I'm a, I'm a recruiter. I just want to talk recruiter stuff. Do you get a lot of this. that here? Nope. Okay, that's good. Because that's actually starting to happen in a lot of other areas where yeah. you'll see on, um, I don't know what you use. Uh, well, a lot of people will use Eventbrite. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll use Meetup and then they'll use Eventbrite for whatever reason. Right. And then you'll see like recruiters, like mm-hmm. charge of X. So you're starting to see it in a lot of other big cities that recruiters are actually yeah. Instead of writing those like the emails or like going to the meetups, mm-hmm. so hopefully it doesn't come here because it totally ruins it. Yeah, I've seen it well, before too. I've I've seen it happen, but I don't I I don't think we get it a lot. Uh, yeah. Some meetups explicitly say no recruiters, cool. and what I've noticed with Hacker Nest is anytime we have people who want to kind of recruit for their their company, yeah, uh, they usually approach us and they they ask us what they should do. And we usually recommend that they come out, you know, bring people from their development team, bring a CTO yeah. and engage with the community. Maybe give a community shout out, but be there to talk to people rather than send a recruiter to recruit because that's it's just not that type of, type of meetup. 
Well, I, I don't, I mean, I just, it's about being authentic, right? Yeah. Like you always want to talk to some, if you're going to be a dev, you always want to talk to a dev on the team. You don't really care about the CTO. Right. I mean, it's nice, but you want to talk about the real, like, hey, what's, what's the real stuff going on? Well, it kind of is, that's an interesting point. Like, that's what I would think yeah. as well. Like, um, yeah. but I worked at a company, uh, Mogo, yeah. and I was working there and we had a pretty good, um, a pretty good referral bonus. Yeah. And so I talked to people and I'd say, you know, um, if you ever want to come by and check out the culture, go grab a coffee and I'll show you around. So you can see what it's like. Yeah. Um, come on by, feel free to reach out. And I had a lot of people send me their resumes. And I was like, well, I, I'm not just here to send in your resume and yeah, cash no. a check in. Yeah. I wanted to actually show you the culture to see if you're a cultural fit. And nobody really, actually, nobody took me up on that offer. And I was really Ooh. disappointed about That's that. That's weird. I, yeah. It's because you I, care. Like, you're like, I right? actually care. Like, I'm willing yeah. to take the 15 minutes. Yeah. Here's my resume. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, here you go. Like, no, I'm just yeah. going to trash that. Yeah. So I thought yeah. that was really interesting. It often seems like the way we think things should be and then the way that people are accustomed to things working, maybe, yeah, sure. is a little bit different. And maybe yeah. I, I thought I was coming across as in, come on, check out the culture. Yeah. But maybe it, it came across differently. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, it's always hard when, with, uh, like, if anyone ever asks me, I'm always like, just come, like, come right. see something I'm doing mm -hmm. and then make, make your own decision. You know, like, yeah. don't, I can't talk to you about it over coffee for five minutes because you have mm -hmm. to see my day to day for me to explain my day to day. Right. Yeah. I find and it so weird. Like, the, the traditional interview sort of style is you apply for a job, you go in, you go into a room nobody ever goes into. It's just the interview room yeah. with people you're never going to see yeah. that are interrogating you about what you know and what you can do. And then you get the job. Yay. Yeah. But you have no idea what you're going to be doing, who you're working with, or where it is. So I really like the idea of, like, let's go in. Let's see the, the dev team. Let's meet the people. Let's see what we're working on. You know, yeah. come by. So we do, like, beer o'clock Fridays or whatever. And, cool. I mean, that's a thing. But I don't know if it's the best thing. Yeah. And we've talked about that as well. Like, yeah. are there other ways to engage that don't focus around beer? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, that's a different. We're, we're um, an industry well. that likes to, likes to socialize with alcohol, yeah. right? And whether or not that's, um, you know, I had a boss who was like, oh, I was interviewing. I'm, you know, if you know anyone who wants one of the jobs. Let me know. I'll take them for a beer. And I was like, that's gonna that's gonna put some people off, right? Because I know for me, I I wouldn't want to do that. I'd want to mm -hmm. go have a coffee, you mm -hmm. know, or so I don't know, or it's some like, soup. <laughs> yeah, or oatmeal. Right. I mean, what's wrong with oatmeal? <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves oatmeal, right? Uh -huh. I don't know. I do. Yeah, cereal. Yeah. Some yeah. yeah. I mean, I was gonna ask about. Um, so the garage is that is that open to the public? Could I show up at seven twenty five Granville and no. walk in the door? No, yeah. it's it's a perk for internal employees for sure. Uh -huh. um, at some point, like I said, when we work with communities and we want to figure out, like you know, if you said, "Oh, Stacy, I have this really great idea. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take all this big data and I'm gonna write something from it and create a display. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could laser cut it together?" And I'd be like, "Oh, cool. That's that's something that you know we could talk about and do. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But for open for the public, yeah, we're not. You know, there is a great place so in Vancouver for that. Um, just in case people don't know, and I love them to death and they're maker labs mm -hmm. and uh they are awesome mm -hmm. and they have so much stuff um so yeah so ours is definitely it's a, it's considered more of an, an internal kind of perk for the equipment um for the space and 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 uh you know we have kind of what we call like a multi-purpose room okay um then that's more like community oriented where you know we can talk about like uh, you guys were, hey, we want to do a hackathon for social good. Uh, Vancouver has open data. Let's get together and see how many devs we can get to, uh, you know, look at the new bike share and make an app or something, which mm -hmm. already apparently exists. But, you know, like that idea, yeah. you come to me. Absolutely. And I'd be like, that's a really cool idea. We can get a bunch of people in here. There's a space that's already configured that supports all that kind of stuff and we can get hacking on a project. That would be awesome. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. I noticed that, uh, so you have the laser cutter, 3D printers, yeah. Arduinos, Raspberry Pis, I believe, too. Uh, and a, bunch a few of other really cool things. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of that I don't know what they yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the secret things that you're, can you talk about maybe some of the things that you're ordering that maybe yeah. are coming in the future? Sure. Yeah. So we have... We have a bunch of 3D printers, as does everyone these days. We have a, a laser cutter. Um, we have uh, three CNC mills. One is a desktop. Um, it's called the other mill. It's kind of cool. Uh, it does like PCBs. And then we have a, a Roland. We have a Tormac. Tormac is like a huge piece of machinery. It's it's for reels. It's like at that point. For reels, yo. It's for reels. Like you're dropping pure manufacturing at that point. Wow. Um, so we have that that's that's installed it's not working quite yet and then um we kind of have this really new uh 3d printer called the form labs printer it's like a resin mm -hmm. 3d printer it's really cool you should check it out if you haven't it's like produces such beautiful kind of production work wow. um you're kind of upping your prototyping uh at that point 
I just got a new sewing machine that has embroidery. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to make patches for people. Um, it's, it's, so it's electronic. It's computer electronic. controlled? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I look for anything you can program, honestly. Yeah, that's so cool. uh, we'll have a vinyl cutter. So we have some traditional tools. We have like a button maker. Um, we're getting a 3D scanner so you can scan your body. So we're going to actually, I think we might be gotta be careful about this but i think we might be hosting kind of like a corporate foosball kind of competition nice. do you have um, and, um like corporate merch or like the garage sort of I've foosball seen... team well um, so embroidered clothing no line? not no <laughs> not yet um oh, another to do another to do um <laughs> uh but we have i mean we do have like kind of even the garage we kind of have our own branding within mm. microsoft too so it's a little bit different um, so I was looking at making a, like 3D scanning people's busts and then making their own foosball player. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah. So I was looking yeah. at doing things like that. Um, and then, yeah, like when it comes to electronics and IOT is kind of all across the board. We have everything from, or we will, cause I've ordered it, but everything from pies, uh, to Arduinos to micro bits, which are a new kind of out of uh, the UK to, uh, you know, Beagle boards, I- anything from Intel, like all the good stuff. So in like just listening to what you're saying, you're yeah. basically um, in charge of handling all the awesome toys and who gets to play with what. Kind of. That sounds pretty awesome. It's not. It's not a bad job. I have yeah. to remind myself. How does, how every does one day. get that position? Oh. So I'm in charge of all the toys. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was actually for me. I, I mean, I was really lucky. It's really funny because when I found out about the garage, I was like, oh, I found my people, uh-huh. and we had one in Seattle, and it's like immense. It's really big, and I was really excited. And someone actually hit me up. This is how big Microsoft is. Someone hit me up on Twitter saying, mm-hmm. when you come to Seattle next, you should go to the garage. What's the garage? So I look it up. Cool, it's a makerspace. So I went in, and that's where I started making coasters and making signs. Uh-huh. And then my boss was actually touring people around, and uh, I, I took over his tour. Because I was like, you want to see what I'm doing? Look what I'm doing. Because I'm just kind of a natural, like, hey, check this out. Yeah. And then, what's your name? Where do you work? Okay, yeah. cool. And then uh, we became friendly, and I represented the garage for a couple of things. And then it was just like, hey, I got an opportunity in Vancouver for you. Nice. I was like, oh. Sweet. Okay. Oh, Vancouver? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, oh. In New York. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. sushi. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Woo. So, yeah. That's kind of, that's how one gets that job. Okay. Yeah. So, go to the Seattle yeah. Uh, garage. Yeah. yeah. I, guess. I guess. I don't know. Cool it makes sound. no sense, right? Yeah. We're going to see anything like, uh, I mean, I'm waiting for the, the Microsoft ATV now because you're in charge of all these toys. Oh, yeah. It's an I ATV talked about and... that the other day. I talked yeah. about <laughs> taking a tricycle, like an adult tricycle sure. and souping it up. Yeah. So I would love to do that with some LEDs and some like acceler- accelerometers and little like, yeah. uh, we, I, I am looking at the foosball table and modifying the foosball yeah. table. We have a group who's actually doing deep learning on the foosball table, which Ooh. I think is fascinating. And um, and so I'm actually looking at just like what can I mod without totally destroying foosball because you know people really like their tables mm-hmm. and putting in some sensors and adding a little bling bling. So I'm you know those are the kind of things. Anything for uh, drones or anything like that? No. So drones, no drones is probably yet. something we probably won't. I would love to, especially. Have you seen the new Lily drone? Um, it's the one you can throw you you put in your pocket and you basically toss oh, you it, up it up in the yeah. and it follows you. Uh, yeah, I think it was like from MIT or something. Yeah, that I don't something know. Like I, I saw it like a year ago. I was like, yeah. oh, I really want one of I think those. I saw a Kickstarter thing that was uh, I think there's a you couple get now. in pretty early yeah. for a good price. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so I reached out like going, I'll write your SDK if I can like have early access or whatever. Um, I would love to do drones. We just don't have the space for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and. As far as I know, you need to go and file a flight plan in oh, most yeah. places for drones. They're pretty serious. I was at the fireworks and someone was flying a drone. People were not pleased. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. So drones, drones get a little bit. Um, but I mean, if you're if you're a developer and you want to get into that, go look at the Parrot drone. It has like a Node SDK and it's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice. All right. So what about uh, meetups and things like that? Where can one find the elusive Stacy? Uh, right now, nowhere. <laughs> um, uh, I'm actually going to be, I think, co-hosting the HTML uh, meetup, I believe, with uh-huh. Tommy Lewis, uh, who's uh, another Microsoft person. Um, When's so, that coming up? Uh, we haven't. So don't have an organizer awesome. yet. Sounds yeah. Great. So can't tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're looking at that. Um, I'm at the, the, we have a mixed reality meetup. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always at that. It's really fascinating. People are talking about mixed reality. I don't think I've heard of that. What? Uh... VR, AR, MR. So uh, virtual reality, augmented mm-hmm. reality, Pokemon, anybody, mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah. And then um, mixed reality would be like HoloLens. 
okay. Yeah. Nice. So, um, so we've been uh, kind of uh, community started around that, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then we were hosting them in space. Um, so been doing a little bit of that. And I'll probably be doing a lot more VR. I'm setting up a VR room right now, which is kind of cool. I yep. get to play with all the VR to- uh, tooling. So um, it's I'll... pretty awesome. Yeah. So we don't normally uh, do explicit language, and I guess it's not technically. But yeah. what if somebody wants to reach you on Twitter? Oh, What's yeah. Your Twitter handle? Uh, yeah, I'm Bitchu Codes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, some, somewhere someone's just shaking their head right now. But yeah, I'm, I okay. I'm awesome. okay with it. Nice. So I think everyone should be chill with it, too. Sweet. Yeah. Well, Stacey, thank you very much for being on the Vancouver Tech Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, hope to see you guys in the future sometime soon. Definitely, yeah, yeah. We'd love to follow what you're doing and working on and the garage as uh, different events happen. We'd definitely like to go there and yeah. help make some embroidered stuff. I, I, I Definitely pat, embroidered nerd, stuff. Nerd the, merit. Vancouver Tech Podcast t-shirts or something. Or something uh, I'll, I'll get you covered. It nice. might take a little bit of time, but I'll get you something. Don't worry. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Vancouver Tech Podcast. Check out our website, vancouvertechpodcast.ca. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Much appreciated. You can follow us on Twitter, Van Tech Podcast. Feel free to leave some comments below. You can also hit us up on the YVR Dev, the Vancouver Tech, the Van Tech Slacks. I'm at James. And I'm at Drew. Special thanks to Same Room for hooking us up with an integration that allows us to have a cross-team Slack channel, Van Do you have a meetup that you want us to plug? Email us, show at vancouvertechpodcast.ca. Music by A Shell in the Pit from the game Parkitect. See you at one of the meetups around, around town. town.